Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that fascinates me is how, I was guess what you would refer to as financial knowledge, financial information. And there's a lot of it out there that you need to know. And I don't know when we start learning it, because I, I spoke at a college... I could tell you that it's not learned immediately. It's not learned in high school. It's not learned in college. So I guess a lot of it starts to, to dawn on you as you get through those working years and you start hearing coworkers talk about things. There's a lot of basics that you need to know, and it, it, it would be very helpful if we had a guide to uh, show us the way, so to speak. I think uh, from talking to college kids, I was surprised by their lack of knowledge. And that's, that's a good thing. That's actually a really good thing because it, it makes me stop and think, like, uh, know your audience, so to speak. Know that you work from age 20 to 65 is what I would tell a college graduate today. That's what I told a college graduate yesterday. And know that when you're at 65 years old and you retire, that you're going to run into situations of needing money, that money's no longer coming in. You live off your savings from age 65 on. And Social Security will be just enough to kind of handle your uh, medical costs. If that. You need $1 million by the time you retire to get $40,000 a year to live on. So work with that for just a second. So you work from age 20 to 65. And that's it. So if you're 30 and you haven't saved, you've thrown away 10 years of your working life. You need $1 million by the time you retire to get you $40,000 a year of income. What's your budget right now? Are you at $40,000 a year? If not, you need more. Because you're going to live probably till 85, 86, 87. So what's, how, how do you get people started on knowledge? And you kind of like, you kind of keep it simple, stupid, right off the bat. I mean, you have to. Um, you kind of set some priorities. And I think your 20s are your throwaway years. And I'm okay if you were to say, Rob, I'm, I'm going to save very, very little in my 20s. I'm going to experience some of the world. 
because when you get to college, the first thing you do, you kind of experience the world without mom and dad. And when you're done with college, suddenly you're experiencing the world without, you know, professors and schedules. So to me, the first step is often the hardest. It's achieving your financial goals, deciding what to pursue. So paying off debt. A lot of kids come out of college, college debt, saving for retirement, investing. Um, you got to figure out what your priorities are. Some of your priorities might be retirement. You want to fund a retirement. You want to fund form enough money for a house. You want to fund enough money for a kid. How much does a kid cost? How much kid, a kid cost a kid if a kid costs no? Um, $250,000 right now. If you have from age zero to, uh, uh, 17. That's roughly, but you'll find that like, you know, ski lessons and things along those lines might kick that number up a little bit higher. Um, you got to know full well what your plans and goals are. And it's, it's really non-negotiable not knowing. You have to be able to write down your five goals, your priorities. Um, again, a house, let's say that's Bay Area, that's probably going to cost you about a million dollars. Uh, 600000 to a million dollars. Um, you have to write down retirement. You need a million dollars. So just those two things right there are going to cost you $2 million, right? A house in the Bay Area plus retirement. But you're not going to retire in the Bay Area on $40,000 a year. So you're going to have to up that number up to $2 million or $3 million to get you to that budget of $120,000 a year in income and retirement. So you can already say, I just spent $4 million of yours. So and how much do you earn? Let's say you make $100,000 a year for 40 years, $4 million. But you have to pay for rent. You have to pay taxes. So that's where it starts to become very, very tricky. So you get your goals. Let's just say it's a million dollars for a house and a million dollars for um, retirement. And you got to make a budget on it. How much are you going to need to save in order to get to where you need to get to? So... A million dollars is in your twenties, 167 bucks a month saved in investing. So a good way to get control of your budget is go to mint.com, M-I-N-T.com and see what you're spending money on. Um, it's budgeting software. You have to put in your bank account and a couple other things and that may freak you out. I get it. Um, doesn't freak me out because I have to live life. Um, I think it's important that you have a bank. That's what something I would tell uh, a college kid today. Uh, banks are, you know, part of your credit history. Banks show, you know, some sort of stability. How long have you had money in the bank? Have you ever had to like empty the bank account? Um, so it starts your credit report right there. So I think having a bank is a great thing. You could use, if you want, um, a credit union. So if your mom was a teacher or something along those lines, my dad was in the military, so I could use uh, USAA, um, but also I could use Pentagon Federal Credit Union, which I've had for, I've had that account for 40 plus years. My parents opened it for me when I was born. You want to learn, next lesson is some of the basics of investing. Money doubles every 7.2 years. Historically, the stocks are going to get you somewhere between 7 to 10%. Um, bonds are going to get you... 6% and real estate's going to hit you 5%. Now, California real estate's been a little bit different, but when California real estate charges ahead, don't you think that there could be a, a lull coming down the road? Um, I have a friend who makes 300 plus thousand dollars and he's leaving the Bay Area because it's too expensive for him. 
and he thinks it's rat race, and I, I totally agree with him. Um, so for someone to buy his house, it's going to take a salary of easily $500,000. He's got almost a $2 million home. Um, how many people have that kind of salaries? I, I, I think that's worthy of note. Stop and breathe and go, and how many people make that kind of money? Who are these people who make that kind of money? So money doubles every 7.2 years. Uh, inflation is the boogeyman. You can't keep your money in the bank because if you have $100,000 sitting around, it's worth less money every single year because inflation is out there eroding the value of the dollar. Inflation means stuff that you pay for. Um, groceries. They're more expensive every single year. And it's kind of funny because you, you'll go through years where you don't buy a lot of groceries, where you're kind of like just getting just the minimum. And then there's some years where you're like, oh, I'm going to go fat this year. I'm going to get some new mustard. I'm going to get some new hot sauce. And you look at your bag, and it's like four bags for 180 bucks. You're like, whoa. So the best way to invest and try to go for that 10% return is through your 401k, uh, your 403b, your 457. Because a dollar right now, when you earn a dollar, uh, 10% of that goes to state income. 10% of it goes to state, state sales tax, roughly. Uh, 25% goes to the government. It's right there. That's 25, 35, 45% of your money's gone. So you only have 55 cents left of it. Part of it goes to Social Security. So wow, now you've spent almost half of it. Um, and then you get into, you know, other things, property taxes. I mean, the taxes are crazy. It's, it almost makes you want to go buy some tea and throw it in the harbor. So you have to get in your 401k some large cap exposure, some mid cap exposure, some small cap exposure, all in two varieties, growth and value, and some international exposure and some sort of income exposure. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. We're talking about what we would tell a college kid because they really don't have a, a huge knowledge base on finances. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, 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 hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. There's going to be life scenarios where you get things like a windfall. And you're going to need to beat the odds. You're going to have to figure out how to spend, and or how to lose an inheritance, for instance. Um, If your parents were sweet enough to leave you something, and it's sizable, I personally think you should respect that and do everything you can to honor that. Maybe it's your favorite aunt, Aunt Diane, for instance. 
um, where you get a lump sum when someone passes away. Or maybe you get a piece of land. Um, blowing the money on a quick thrill is pretty easy to do. But then you have to look at yourself and go, ooh, what about my retirement? What am I going to leave to my friends and or family like Aunt Diane just left to me? So I think you basically maintain your current lifestyle. You look at anything that you might need. You prioritize your dreams. And you consult a professional. So I like the financial planners. I cannot lie. I would say do nothing at first. When I meet a beautiful woman, I do nothing at first. I just go, ooh. Money's not an issue to me. So what's an issue to me is beautiful women, right? All right, 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 right. All right, all right, all right. Um, so do nothing at first. I think spreading a windfall is a smart idea. In my opinion. Consult a broker advisor before taking any action on anything I mentioned. Let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton, see if he can make any heads or tails out of the, the nonsense that is financial planning. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, talk a little women in investing, the fairer sex. They say man created the world, but women refined it. Couldn't agree with that broad phrase, more if I tried. Women are the best things in life. But women face financial decisions that men necessarily don't. They have to approach marriage differently than a man does. The birth of a child. Let's talk birth of a child and what it does to a woman, because clearly they leave the workforce for a little while, changes their social security structure, adds a financial burden adds a tax benefit yay is the tax benefit worth having a kid chad <laughs> no you know in fact in, in some of the new tax laws in terms of who ends up paying the medicare surcharge tax or the obamacare 3.8 percent um or the new capital gains rates uh f- when you're single that kicks in at 400,000 right uh, or 200,000 on the 3.8 percent for the obamacare tax uh, for the 20% capital gains and dividend tax, that kicks in at 400,000 single. But when you're married, it's four, it's 250 and 450. So it's actually a bit of a marriage penalty again to be married, especially if you're in a high income earning situation. So basically, the Obamacare taxes or the the new tax laws that were passed assume that um, only one person was working <laughs> when when you get married, and if you're a high income earner, so a little bit unfair. A tax credit for a child, about $1,000 per year. Well, and certain things get phased out too, Rob, for high-income earners. So, Well, yeah, you and your high-income earners. So, <laughs> you yeah, and your high yeah, 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 yeah. Um, There are some tax benefits for children. You have two tax advantage options. FSAs are able to save money for health care savings, child care deductions. It's just, it's just not worth having children, though. Tax benefits aren't that groovy. No, you don't look at there's, unless, there's, unless you're a really you're not going to save the, money by having kids. Let the inner Republican come out, Chad. Unless you're a poor person in the inner city, having more <laughs> children is a good idea. Is that your inside inner Republican voice? Um, it's tied towards welfare. Okay, and you know commentary on welfare. Uh, it is strange that you know some people believe having more children equals more tax deductions and government uh, subsidies, which is shocking and sad because that child doesn't get what he deserves. So. Anyhow, um, women and money, we're talking about having children, and the tax credits are really not worth it, but they're out there for you. Uh, death of a spouse. I think that's an interesting one to talk about with women. Uh, my mom's outlived my dad by 20 years. 
he had a life insurance policy on her. He didn't have one on himself. He let his expire. Like, death, he screwed her. He, he thought he was going to outlive her because she she's heavier than him and cancer got him. Yeah. So, death of spouse, big financial issue. Well, it is because, you know, especially if you have a, two Social Security checks, because even if one spouse didn't work, you have one Social Security check and the, the spouse gets somewhere between, you know, 35 and 50 percent of the spouse that worked their check. So they have two Social Security checks. When one dies, the smaller check goes away, the larger check stays. So that's not, that's a, that's for a lot of the American population now where they get 50 to 60% of their income or more from Social Security, that's a huge decline in income. That means that, okay, they're going to probably have to go do a reverse mortgage. They're going to have to move. They're going to have to possibly live with their kids, something else like that. So, uh, yeah, people are retiring too young these days, Rob. And that's that's you know, that's why we see our youth unemployment uh, rate continuing to rise because people are having to work longer. They didn't save enough. They didn't think about their future. They spent. They became consumers rather than savers. How about estate planning consequences with death of a spouse? Things like step up in basis. Is there anything we need to know? Um, well, the, it, California, which is a community property state, um, what's nice is that if you own assets, you know, the right way. Um, everything gets a step up in basis on the first spouse's death. So that means that rental property that you paid 100000 for that's worth $800,000 now, you could essentially sell it tax-free. Um, the depreciation you'd have to recapture if we want to get technical about it. But, but th- when there is a death of a spouse, at least there's a reduction in having to have taxes be a major decision with your taxable assets, your real estate, things like that. So that can come all into play because a lot of times when there's a death of a spouse, if there's a loss of a pension, loss of a social security check, sometimes it means a reduction in standard of living. So you might have to sell that large home and downsize. Anything else that we need to know about with this topic? Um, well, when you do have somebody that is, you know, passing or, you know, terminal or somebody has passed, then, yeah, the, the delivery trust should be redone. Um, and again, this is change. an issue that I think it's a women-centric issue. Because men tend to marry a little bit younger, and women tend to outlive men. So, my mom's been in retirement without a spouse for 20 years. It's a long time to make her own financial planning decisions. Anyhow, and anyway, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black.
1220 That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I just talked a little bit about video games, and I want to throw out all the names, because EA is not just the only one. And sometimes these guys have good years, and sometimes they have bad years, and I think the bad years are the years that you should think about them. Electronic Arts, ticker symbol EA, Activision, Blizzard, ATVI. Sony is a player, SNE, but Sony's big. They're also into movies and television shows and other things, which may be something you want. Um, Nintendo is publicly traded, but a little bit tougher. Microsoft is publicly traded with the Xbox One, but, you know, when you're looking at that, you're like, ooh, I don't know. Microsoft is also Windows and Office and the cloud. So if you're looking for a pure play versus if you're looking for kind of something sexy. Zooby, zooby, zoo. Everyone looks sexy, right? Until zooby, zooby, you buy it and it goes down 50 points. And then you're like, hey, can you go put on something that covers up a little bit more? You're, you're not, it's, it's too sexy. You're hurting me right now. You're hurting me. You're hurting me. Go put on a mink coat or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mink coat. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I do not endorse the killing of little free bunny rabbits or bunny rats or whatever they are to make a mink coat. Robots are preparing to take over 200,000 jobs. What jobs do you think these robots are going to be taking over? Shall we play a game? God, I love that movie. I'm a little bit of a hacker. So, um, as a kid, like again, hacking then was a lot easier. But I was known as the black hack, or black the hack. And I had a friend who was African-American. He had color on his skin, and he was known as the black hack. And the two of us kind of, we did some, we did some dealings. That was years ago, and I don't want to talk about it. But I will say this. The story ends. I did something pretty bad as, as a, not elementary, uh, junior high, early high school. I'm not lying to you. As a guy who had an alcoholic father who never wanted to disappoint, and you hear this, and your mom goes to the door. Hello? Yeah, it's Detective Disney. I want to talk to you about your son. I'm like, wait, 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 what? Your detective, his name, I'm not kidding you, was Detective Disney. And um, that put an end to my hacking days. So basically I was told, do you want to squeal and give me more names? Because I was, I was low-hanging fruit. And I, I broke. I gave him everything he needed. I gave him more. So I threw people under the bus. I was like, I'm not going down for a little black box uh, hacking into a Sprint satellite thing where we got free phone calls. Who am I even calling in ninth grade where I need international free phone calls? I gave every name I can give. I don't think I've ever told that story on air. Oh, snap. Automation has long been considered the harbinger of future unemployment, and experts have predicted that the widespread adoption of artificial intelligence, software, and smart machines could lead to thousands or even millions of people losing their job. The one area that a lot of people didn't think robots would move in and was construction. And that's one area where they're moving in. 
with a growing shorter la- uh, shortage of labor, we have to. 98% of huge construction projects end up going over budget, and the industry is proven resistant to technological upgrades. Um, earlier this year, the world of construction suffers uh, from productivity levels that haven't really gone up much since 1945. So to sum up, a lingering inefficiency seems to plague the industry. And who can work better than robots? Robot parade. Robot parade. Wave the flag. So the robots are moving in. The number of AI-powered systems that could help alleviate the construction industry woes are currently in development. They include a mobile construction worker. Oh, I love it. Could you imagine the hot chick having a Diet Coke in front of a, a robot construction worker? And all the robots are eyeballing her. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Uh, so there, there's going to be a mobile construction worker as well as a mobile 3D printer, which are capable of adjusting to their immediate environment. Um, some critics are wary of the kind of intelligent automation because they view it as an attempt to replace human workers. While it's true that automated systems might cause some unemployment, it could also lead to the creation of new jobs that we haven't really needed before, such as providing maintenance for the automated systems. So... Robots are moving into construction because construction is one of those industries that needs to be disrupted. For years, if you've had a hammer, a hard hat, and a butt crack, they would put you to work on any construction project possible. And now they're going to go with smarter versions of you. Sorry to say it, but it's true. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, millennials are about to hit one of the largest... Intergenerational wealth transfers in history. Um, Wall Street is the press, on the precipice of drooling heavy, in large part because we've never seen this much wealth going to this many people. Older millennials are approaching peak income, age, and baby boomers, the generation born following World War II, are set to pass on trillions of dollars of wealth in the coming years to the younger generations. So just in just three years, global millennial wealth will stand at 24 trillion. That's up from 7 trillion today. That's a pretty good growth spurt. Um, who doesn't like using the word spurt? Like, blood spurt from his neck everywhere. Oh, boy. I like the way you say that. I need this EHR, I think. <laughs> I can't say that in a workplace. Um, water spurt out of the hose as Robert watered the flowers. So millennials are about to get $24 trillion in wealth when they're currently at $7 trillion, and that's over the next three years. Millennials are about to benefit from the large intergenerational transfer of wealth. Um, so what should you do with that money, and how should you think about it? Uh, know that there's going to be multi-channel delivery. It's no secret millennials want access to their financials and on their mobile phone. Millennials also visit branches nearly twice as often as baby boomers and engage with a broker or agent three times as often. They want transparency. They're the least private uh, generation. They don't mind when firms collect data about their habits, purchases, and Google searches, so long as it translates into higher quality services for them. So that's a lot of money coming their way, isn't it? So um, when you interview someone to date, do you have rich parents? That's question number one. No, you've got blue eyes. Are those real? Um, and I'm talking about your eyes when I say are those real. Um, get your mind out of the gutter. 
and the next question is, do you have rich parents? Yes, yes. Um, are they old or are they young? They're young. Oh, next in speed dating. Um, you've got, are those real brown eyes? I like brown eyes. Or are they contacts? Oh, they're real. Ding, 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 ding. Um, are your parents rich? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Are your parents old? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, 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 yes. Can you believe it that some people marry for money? Yep. Um, bit of advice if you're on an airplane and you hit bad turbulence, and you're going to hit more turbulence because the way the planet's working right now and there's more planes in the air, um, try writing your name with your left hand or your right hand, which is your non-dominant hand. So you hit the turbulence and you're starting to panic. Even though planes are well-organized and well-positioned to handle turbulence, no one plane in the world has ever gone down on turbulence alone. Um, now, they might have gone down because the plane cracked in half and everyone went, fell to their, their deaths from you know 36,000 feet um, and then fell into the water and sharks ate them up. All up. Not trying to make you nervous right before you fly, but just in case. Airs, airlines are designed to withstand more force even the bumpiest flights can provide, but still shaking and dropping through the air gets a lot of people freaked out. So try writing your name with your non-dominant hand because it accomplishes two things. It makes you focus on an unusual task instead of the turbulence, and it engages your motor function on the opposite side of your brain uh, than what you would normally do, disrupting the thinking. I like ideas like this because I'll try it today at lunch, um, and it just teaches you. Like, try to activate different parts of your brain. And as an investor, sometimes try to activate different parts of your investment scheme. Um, you know, Warren Buffett owns Bank of America. Is that good enough for me? Yeah. Now, should I do more work than that? Yeah. Um, you can't just say that. Do you see what I'm saying? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, you can always find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Um, and I want to talk about that. Apple has grown like crazy across nearly every dimension. As revenues have skyrocketed, so has Apple's staff. The company hired 100,000 people in the last 10 years. Can you imagine that? 100,000 people, bringing its global workforce to 116,000 from 18,000 back in 2016. Uh, one reason Apple's going to be around making money for the, in the foreseeable future is because how big their staff is. And at some point in time when they want to earn more money, they'll fire people. Apple is a money-making machine. In 2016, Apple's profit of $45 billion is far bigger than any other company, including Berkshire's Hathaway at $24 billion and J.P. Morgan at $24 billion. That's impressive. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So you may find this funny, you may find it not funny. But I was on a date the other day and she said, it's so refreshing, Rob, that you don't look at your phone. I go on dates all the time and guys are always looking at their phones. And I go, I'm not looking at my phone because I don't want to see a text message from my wife. Kind of kill the mood. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, it's a joke. (laughs) Yes. But the average person does check their phone 150 times. When I saw that, 150 times. Jeez Louise, right? How can I invest in that? A study found that we check our phones roughly every four to six minutes, and that 46% of people in relationships have been fubbed. Fubbed. And that's not, that's not what you're thinking. I know you saw it on that adult email website thing. That's not how it works. Experts recommend a limit of phone time in making certain rooms a phone-free zone. Fubbing is on the rise, and that's the habit of snubbing your partner for your phone. Oh, I was in my therapist's office the other day, and I keep looking at my phone. He's like, do you have something better to do than spend $200 an hour talking to me? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what, what did you say? Um, so it's very second nature for us to check our phone. And of the 46% of people who say they've been fubbed, 22% say the behavior has caused strain in their relationship. Whoa. Worthy of note, right? Are you with me against me? You've got to choose a side because this is a civil war. So, um, what else is up there? Hmm. The happiest couples married or not tend to share one key characteristic. The happiest couples married or not tend to share one key characteristic. The sun's out. Flowers are blooming. Your refrigerator is so cluttered with wedding invitations. You can hardly find the handle. There's nothing quite like wedding season to get you contemplating the next phase of your own relationship. Yes? Would you like that? Yes? How might you, how might tying the knot with your partner make you happier? How might it strengthen your relationship? It's a big question, right? And to get wealthy, same spouse, same house, same car. Um, to stay wealthy, do things like floss your teeth because losing a tooth is expensive or it's very unattractive. I don't think I could be married to someone missing two teeth, two front teeth. I don't think I could do it. Mama. My mama makes jam. What? My mama makes jam. Woohoo! Come on, Cooter, let's get in the, the Judo Lee. So, anyway... Um, when you account for a couple's age, gender, income, and health conditions, most couples who are best friends and live together were just as happy as couples who are best friends and married. So couples who say their partner is a best friend, um, they do better because they get more quote unquote life satisfaction. What immediately intrigues me about this is the idea of marriage as a whole. So, um, <laughs> my mama makes jam, Chad Burton says. His mama does make jam. I've had some of it. <laughs> the other day she fed it to me for breakfast, Chad. 
very funny. Okay, so there's a phrase right now. I want to change the topic. Having a happy relationship, super important. Avoid getting Amazon is a phrase that has become part of our lexicon in 2017. It's hot. It's a hot phrase, right? And we all know Borders Books got Amazon. We all know Tower Records got Amazon. We all know, um, I'm looking at my clothes right now, all of it delivered. Now, one of it comes from a company called Toad and Company, and the rest from Amazon. So my diesel jeans, my underwear, I know you're saying, what type of underwear? I don't know. It's green because I'm trying to hide stains. Most people have brown hide stains. I'm hiding green stains. That's so green. Ah! My socks, my shoes. I got my shoes through a Nike distributor. Nike had to make a deal recently because people were panicking. Like Adidas has a store on, on Amazon and uh, Skechers has a store on Amazon and uh, Under Armour has a store on Amazon. So Amazon wants a piece of that action or you're going to get Amazon. So Nike said, you know what? We'll join them rather. Than, but like who got Amazon in that one? Dick's Sporting Goods because we used to say, let's go down to Dick's. Who doesn't love dicks, right? Um, so a lot of people go down to dicks. It's like BJ's Oil Services. Um, that's a company that does oil drilling. And who doesn't love BJ's, right? Like, it's a strong, yeah. strong company that has very little competition. So Blue Apron got Amazon. You're hearing this phrase, they got Amazon, and it's driving me a little bit crazy. Apparel is well positioned to get Amazon, whether it be Macy's or JCPenney's or Sears or uh, Nordstrom. They're thinking that in the future, in the future, um, in the 21st century, all malls will become parking lots for Uber and Lyft drivers who are picking up packages from the warehouse, the Macy's warehouse or the Banana Republic warehouse or whatever, and they'll be delivering those goods to you. So getting Amazon, Amazon buys Whole Foods, the whole grocery industry panicked. Um... It's interesting to note, you know, I think in a lot of levels, don't we think Office Depot and Staples struggled as bad as they did because of Amazon um, and Prime? So is ABC, NBC, CBS getting Amazon? They're getting Netflixed. Um, so anyway, don't get too caught up in that. But should you consider owning some Amazon? If it's the craziest thing you're adding to a well-diversified portfolio, it's not crazy. If you have a whole portfolio of crazy, <laughs> well, then you're like my ex. Um She's got a whole head full of crazy. Are you crazy? Little Coco. Little Loco in the Coco. And she ate Cocoa Puffs on a locomotive. <laughs> Have a good Are day, everyone. I've got seminars coming up. You can always use the code radio at 25 by going to Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. And using the code radio 25, CFP Chad Burton's got a website with a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.